Caitlin here. Before we get into today's story, I just wanted to let you guys know that Erica and I are actually planning on doing another Halloween special episode like we did last year. And for this one, we want you guys to send in some of your like personal spooky stories. So like if you have like a paranormal encounter or maybe a cryptid encounter, or even if you've got like some crazy true crime personal story, hopefully nothing like super intense, like you didn't get murdered or anything. But if you have anything that you want to share with us, you can go ahead and send your story to mysteriousishpod at gmail.com and maybe it'll get chosen to be read on the air. And this episode will be released on Halloween day. So I hope you guys are having a wonderful spooky season and we'll see you later. Now let's get to the story. Mysterious-ish contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. <laughs> We're back. Hello. We actually never left, but here we are. You know. <laughs> Hi. I have a case for you today. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> it's it's a case. <laughs> Wait on me. We're uh just going to start this episode off with a massive trigger warning for uh, sexual assault yep anyway uh so uh i'm not gonna bury the lead here at all uh there is mention of a child sex ring in this and um sexual assaults done on children so i will do my best to warn you when things are gonna get graphic but uh there's there's your warning um and i promise i promise it is relevant to the story i'm not just like throwing this in here because it is actually relevant i promise so Brittany nicole wood was born on september 25th 1992 to mother chessie wood and father wallace or wally hanky Uh, she lived in mobile alabama and she was described as being quote five foot nothing but a little scrapper who would throw down with anybody hell yeah she also loved children, so she was both scared and excited when she found out she was pregnant at 17. She loved her little girl, Peyton, so very much, and she was the best mother she could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of characters in this story. So here's okay. a quick verbal flowchart. Okay. And I will put an actual flowchart somewhere for Beautiful. the listeners. So Chessie Wood is Brittany's mom. Okay. And then there's Mendy and Wendy, who are twin sisters, and they are Brittany's aunts slash Chessie's sisters, okay? Scott Wood is Brittany's uncle, so also Chessie's brother. And Wendy, one of the twins, is married to Donnie Holland. Mendy is married to a man named Dustin Kent. He doesn't come back a whole lot, but he is mentioned. All of these couples have their own children whose 
they're they're not named for mm-hmm. their privacy. Most of them are still minors. Right. Derek Wood is Chessie's son, so Brittany's brother. I will try to clarify whomst everyone is as we go through the story. Okay. So when Brittany, this is important, um, trigger warning, rape. When Brittany was eight years old, she was raped by her grandmother's boyfriend. And this man was given life plus 10 years in prison. And that is how we should treat people who rape children. Mm-hmm. Give them life automatically. Fuck them. Okay. So, Brittany Wood was last seen by her mother, Chessie, on May 30th, 2012, between 7 and 7.30 p.m. She was carrying a pink or teal tote bag containing extra clothing, a makeup bag, a red curling iron, and her cell phone. Chessie said that Brittany was frustrated and claimed to be going to see a friend named Courtney. Brittany walked a little ways down the road and was picked up by her uncle, Donnie Holland. It was later discovered that he had driven Brittany to a house near Styx River, where Donnie had been staying at the time. Phone records showed that Brittany was texting and communicating with friends all day long until 11.30 p.m., and at 11.36, all calls began going to voicemail. Peyton, the her daughter, was with um, her dad that, okay. that day. So, uh, it was thought that Brittany's phone last pinged at Sticks River where Donnie had taken her, <clears throat> where Donnie was staying. So that's where the search for Brittany began. Um, <clears throat> later, however, it was discovered that her phone actually pinged a tower in Grand Bay, which was like, so in, in Alabama, there's like the Gulf, you know, so the state like sort of curves in and there's like the Gulf. So, um, Sticks River is on this side of the the Gulf, the mm-hmm. little pond, lake, whatever, and then Grand Bay is on the other side. Okay. So they were searching over here in Sticks River, but then they found out that it actually pinged last in Grand Bay over here. So, um, they yeah. So th- that last phone ping actually was in Grand Bay, and a text message was sent. Like, the very last text message from her phone was sent at 1.47 a.m. on May 31st. So, they moved the search to Grand Bay, but they still came up short. Um, It was determined that Brittany did not have her phone at the time of that final ping at 1.47. It was then thought that the phone sent a repeat text at 1.47 a.m. before the battery was removed from the phone. But... A cell phone data analyst said that there is no indication that it was a repeat text. He said that a repeat text would occur if the original message could not go through and therefore it was attempting to be resent. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. So like if you don't have service or whatever. But there was no indication that another text was sent before 147. So like there wasn't like an attempted text message sent at 146 and then it failed and so it sent at 147. You know what I mean? Um, there's only one text sent after 11.30 p.m. And that was the the final text at 147. So during that night, Brittany had been communicating mainly with one of her friends named Bradley. Um, that final text at 147 a.m. was sent to Bradley. And uh, when the police went to interview Mr. Bradley about, you know, anything he knows about Brittany or what they were talking about. 
uh, he not only couldn't remember what they had been texting about, but he also had uh, lost his phone. Oh, sussy wussy, Mr. Bradley. Convenient! So, on June 1st, two days after Brittany left her mother's house, Donnie Holland, her uncle that had picked her up from the street that same night that she went missing, um, was found in a secluded area in the woods just behind his home. Um, He was sitting in his SUV and he had a gunshot wound behind his ear. Um, He was airlifted to a hospital in Pensacola, Florida, but he did not survive. Um, His death was ruled a suicide, but the bullet hole was behind his ear. Mm -hmm. So that's not super common. Um, One of the, the professionals in the documentary Monster in the Shadows that I watched, um, this professional said that usually when a person is trying to, you know, end their life via gunshot, they either put it, put the gun to their temple, you know, by their forehead, because it has pretty much direct access to the brain. Right. Or they put it, like, literally in their mouth. Mm-hmm. But, so, Donnie got shot behind his ear, and it came out, behind his right ear, sorry, and it came out through his left jaw. So, the angle that the gun would have to be held you know what I mean? Like, you have to hold it up and, like, sort of back. It's almost as if he was shot by someone else, like, sitting right. in the back seat of his car, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. His family suspects that he was murdered, um, and we'll get into that later. Um, the gun that had been he had been shot by was later confirmed to be Brittany's gun. Oh. So, once the family could not reach Brittany to inform her of her uncle's passing, uh, they began to panic. They're like, whoa, wait, Brittany has not been in contact with any of us in the last, you know, three or four days. And now we're trying to get a hold of her to tell her that Uncle Donnie is dead and she's not Mm -hmm. answering. We can't get a hold of her. So, uh, they, they filed a missing persons report on June 2nd, so the day after Donnie died. Well, the day after Donnie was taken to the hospital. He didn't die for a couple of days. So the search starts near the house at Sticks River where it had it was assumed that Brittany had been um, been last based on the phone ping and the knowledge that that's where Donnie Holland was staying. After the family makes a public plea for help in searching for Brittany, class kids contacted them and offered their help. So class kids, that's K-L-A-A-S kids. Um, is a foundation that was created after the kidnapping and murder of uh, 12-year-old Polly Class. Um, like, this case is pretty much a staple true crime case. It was literally so big that Winona Ryder uh, got involved and offered a $200,000 reward for the safe return of Polly. Dang. So, it's a really fucked up story. Like, they literally, there were three girls having a sleepover at Polly's house and this man came in and just, just took Polly, like, out her window. Just took her. That's it. And then she was gone for a while, and eventually they found her body. So it's a really fucked up story, but, um, yeah, Winona Ryder was involved in it pretty heavily. 
because mm-hmm. I think it really affected everyone in that area. Right. So, um, Class Kids helps to find children and young adults who have disappeared. So the search for Brittany continues in the Styx River area for almost two weeks. And then they shift to the Grand Bay area after that final text message is discovered. Um, on July 18th, 2012, a $1,500 reward was offered for any information leading to Brittany's discovery. And throughout the next year, vigils and press conferences are held. Um, searches are continued. Investigations begin and continue. And some truly terrifying information comes out. Uh, so amid the search for Brittany Wood, another scandal in the Wood family arose. Unfortunately, this scandal sort of stole stole the limelight from Brittany mm-hmm. and just sort of replaced her disappearance. Because of this, I, I debated even, you know, covering this part of this case because it does very much overshadow Brittany's disappearance. But um, I decided that it was important because it could be the entire reason for Brittany's disappearance. So in March of 2012, Scott Wood, who is uh, Chessie, Mendy, and Wendy's brother. Right. Turned in Donnie Holland, Wendy's husband, for sexually abusing his own daughter. More and more information kept coming out, and it was eventually discovered, trigger warning, that it was not just Donnie Holland who was sexually abusing his children. There was an entire incestuous sex ring within his family. First, Donnie Holland, who was married to Wendy Wood, was accused. Then Dustin Kent, who was married to Mendy Wood, and Brittany's older brother, Derek Wood. Mendy and Wendy were also arrested. <gasps> so, so far we've got Donnie, Dustin, Derek, Mendy, and Wendy. There are also family friends who were involved in this disgusting sex ring. Um, William Brownlee, Melton Morgan, and Jennifer Moore. Um, another disturbing fact about this, I, I hate even calling it a sex ring because it makes it sound consensual. I don't know what else to call it. So know that I understand that this is not a consensual thing. It is, you know, wrong and it's not anything that these children wanted. But I, I don't know really what else to call it. So I will be referring to it as a sex ring. So another disturbing fact about this that came out was that the family was even posting their children on Craigslist, advertising casual encounters. So not only were they passing their nieces and nephews around to each other, but they were also, quote, pimping them out. Bruh, that's fucked up. To people on the internet. Um, One of the prosecutors of the case used that phrase, and I mean, he's not wrong. That's precisely what was happening to these poor children. Like, they were literally being sold for sex. Like, literally sex trafficked. Right. So, Derek, which is Brittany's brother, Mm -hmm. was not only a perpetrator in this case either. He was also a victim. Imagine that. Um, He tells the producer of the documentary that I watched, which was called Monster in the Shadows, 
uh, Derek tells the producer that he was six or seven when the sexual sexual abuse began and that it went on for, quote, quite a couple of years, probably all the way into my early teenage years. It would be like some friends of theirs, older women would come over. They would get involved and Donnie would, you know, like take pictures and stuff and coerce me into doing what I was doing. So this is the reason why I decided to include this. Um, I know it's a tough topic and it's absolutely horrific to describe and to listen to. But one of the major theories in Brittany's disappearance is that she was going to turn her uncle Donnie Holland in for sexually abusing her, um, as well as, you know, her other family members. Uh, So it's thought that Donnie made Brittany disappear to save his own ass. Um, The detective that was on the case, his name is Eric Winberg. Uh, he said that the identification of this sex ring provides a motive for Britney's disappearance. He said, quote, A, she was a con or she was a victim. B, we were attempting to contact her and there are text messages that support the fact that she was willing to speak with us regarding the allegations. Therefore, C, she was a prime candidate at the time at that time to be taken advantage of and disposed of. She was a liability. She was at risk of exposing this ring and exposing Donald Holland. This one's hard. This is a tough one. In the documentary, Chessie theorizes that Ronnie Robertson, who was the man who who had raped Brittany when she Mm -hmm. was eight years old, Chessie said that Ronnie Robertson was actually the catalyst for this whole sex ring. Um, She said that when Donnie Holland was in his 30s and her sisters Mendy and Wendy were in their 20s, All three of them lived with the Woods' mother and her boyfriend, the one who abused Brittany. Chessie says that Ronnie was already offending, meaning he was already sexually abusing presumably children. Um, Chessie said, quote, Ronnie opened the doors and showed them how to become a monster. Sorry, showed them how to become monsters. Trigger warning for the following behaviors. Um, It was described by a prosecutor that these occasions were often closer to orgies as it was not just um, one-on-one sexual activity. Rather, it was multiple adults involved with these children, quote, all at the same time, all in the same room, all at the same bed for that matter. Donnie Holland, as we heard from Derek, was known to take pictures and videos during these activities. Man, we really went from like... I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was going to be such a dark Jesus. Ugh. I'm sorry. So this whole situation took Britney's case by storm and effectively knocked Britney's disappearance out of the news coverage. Everyone was now focused on the Wood family sex ring. Even Chessie, Britney's mom, was arrested at one point. Detective Winberg stated that Chessie Wood came onto their radar during an interview with one of the victims This victim claimed that Chessie was also involved in the sex acts against said victim. So Chessie was brought in for an interview and she was told that it would be to discuss Brittany. But Detective Winberg had a different plan. Um, Winberg told Chessie that it had been reported one day or reported that one day Chessie and Donnie went to a bedroom together. And at one point, another young female victim was called into the bedroom. Um, Winberg said, quote, it was pretty apparent that you and Donnie had been involved with one another sexually. 
Chessie denied all allegations and that she was sexually involved with either Donnie or any of her nieces or nephews. She said through tears, quote, I have a daughter. How could I let my niece do that with me when I have a daughter of my own? Chessie was arrested on June 27th of 2013. So here's, here's what confuses me about this, this Chessie situation in Monster in the Shadows, they showed the interview where Winberg was interviewing Chessie. Like, they, they showed the, the video footage. Mm-hmm. In this interview, Chessie denies all the allegations, like I said. Right. But Detective Winberg tells the producers of the documentary he was the only one that was involved in this investigation that was actually in the documentary. So... Winberg tells the producers of the documentary that Chessie made mention of certain incidents that coincided with the victim's statement, hence the arrest. So I'm not sure if the interview with Chessie continued or just wasn't, you know, shown on this documentary. And, you know, maybe they wore her down to get her to admit that she did have sexual relations with her niece and Donnie Holland. Or um, if Winberg is completely just blowing smoke right now. like So in support of the theory that Winberg is just blowing smoke about that, um, Chessie's defense attorney's assistant said that she believed that Chessie was arrested because Chessie had been interviewed on a news station and had said that the Mobile Police Department had stopped their search and was no longer assisting in the search for Brittany Wood. So, allegedly, the police were pissed about that, and she was arrested under the guise of being involved in this incestual pedophile ring. So, Chessie said that after she was arrested, they lost the public entirely. Like, no one wanted to help Chessie anymore because they all thought that she was involved in this fucked up sex ring as well. They no longer saw her as a concerned mother, but a perpetrator in her daughter's disappearance. So Chessie's rebuttal to these accusations was to get a polygraph test. Um, Chessie's defense attorney, Michael McDuffie, Uh. mm -hmm, sent her to a polygraph examiner named Neil Rucker. And when I went to type Rucker, I accidentally typed fucker. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, Michael, gotta take any moment of levity we can get right now. <laughs> so, Michael claimed that this examiner was correct 99% of the time. And Neil determined that Chessie was not lying. He stood by her innocence. He said that he would testify to it in court, any court, ever, m- million times over. Right. Now, I've, I've said this before, but I'm gonna keep saying it until, you know, until the day I die. Polygraphs are not admissible as evidence in a court of law. They're not. Mm -hmm. They can show signs of deception when someone is not lying just based on their level of nervousness. I have said that I would fail absolutely any polygraph test you ever gave me because I have anxiety. Right. (laughs) But I I don't think that was Chessie's goal. I don't think her goal was to, to say, like... I don't think she wanted to use this polygraph as evidence in her case. I I think she just wanted to prove a point to the public. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
because they all think that she's a lying sack of shit now. And so she's like, here's a lie detector test then. Right. So Chessie ended up taking a plea deal in order to avoid a minimum 20-year sentence for any one of the charges. Um, this, And she said in the documentary, she said that the only reason that she was so concerned to go to prison for that long, first of all, because she didn't do it, but second of all, because she was the only one looking for Brittany. She did not think that if she went to prison, anyone else was going to continue their search for Brittany. This plea deal dropped all of the bigger charges. I couldn't find anywhere what what specifically she was being charged for before the plea deal. Um, so it dropped all of the bigger charges, probably just like, I don't know, like sexual assault of a child under 12 and, you know, certain things like that. Right. Um, so it dropped all of these bigger charges, but it meant that she would plead guilty to the smaller charges. So in the end, Chessie was charged with reckless endangerment, which is a class C misdemeanor. She said that there was no way she would ever plead guilty to a charge, any charge that had anything to do with harming a child, because that's something she would never do. So in Monster in the Shadows, Detective Winberg said something highly problematic in my eyes. Uh, he said that this sex ring was not the only case in Mobile and Baldwin counties. Yes, I get that. So Mobile County is there. Mobile and Baldwin counties are so close together that they just, they have different police departments, but, but the cases are so like the counties are so intermingled that I mentioned the other very frequently right 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 yeah i understand that you know this this woods case is not the only case in these counties i i get that um he said that this one case was taking a bunch of manpower and time and then he said that instead of trying all of these defendants and giving them what they truly deserve which is life in prison Quote, these individuals just needed to be processed through the system and sent away to pay their debt to society. Okay, fine. They do need to pay their debt to society. But the thing about taking a plea deal often results in a, that it, it often results in taking a, a lesser sentence. Meaning that they could be, you know, eligible for parole, whereas if they had an actual trial, the judge could say, okay, well, you get this many years, no parole, fuck you. Or it could just mean that they get released sooner than they would if they had gone through the trial. Mm -hmm. So this man, Winberg, and the whole police department, they are cutting corners with a ring of people who passed their children around to be sexually assaulted by their aunts and uncles. These people traumatized over 30 child victims. Yeah, you heard that right. It's a lot. It is thought that there were over 30 child victims involved in the sex trafficking ring. Uh, maybe let's, you know, not cut corners and give these fuckers the trials and the punishments that they deserve lump some of them together and give them joint trials so it's not taking so much time and so much resources jesus sorry that i just pissed me off you let it out so also um scott wood which he's the one who had turned in donnie holland right he was arrested too 
Detective Winberg brought Scott in for an interview, and Scott was asked if he had sexual relations with one of the victims. Um, Winberg said that Scott had said no while nodding his head yes. So he said no. Got it. Winberg also said that Scott's, quote, body language throughout the interview was very telling. The nonverbal cues for deception were all present. He had very closed posture. He displayed grooming gestures during key questions. The verbiage he used was all indicative of deception. So I knew he certainly had something to hide. Here are my opinions on this. Right. (laughs) Not that anyone asked, but here's what I think. (laughs) Detective Winberg is not very old in this documentary. He, like, might be 40. If we're lucky, he might be 40. Um, this, this documentary was released in 2021, so it was probably filmed in, like, 2019, 2020. Uh, seven years after Britney's disappearance. Seven or eight years. So, um, after some sleuthing on Winberg's LinkedIn page, <laughs> uh, I found out that he graduated high school in 2001. So, assuming that he was... 18 when he graduated he would have been about 29 when um britney disappeared it takes a while to become a detective as we learned from my interview with vic ferrari uh so this man was probably a new detective and um they 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 arrested scott based on the nod of his head while saying no that to me doesn't feel like enough evidence to arrest a man well but what do i know sounds like one day i might get arrested if i get questioned because i do that a lot no i just i do i just i don't know and he like was saying like like i don't know just what the fuck are grooming gestures i don't under what like brushing my hair sir um (laughs) no he just had a dog in his lap it just what doesn't make sense to me, Scott turned these people in. <laughs> Just look like a fool. <laughs> Why would he turn them in if there was a chance that he would get caught as well? Winberg swears that Scott would turn Donnie Holland, Donnie Holland in because Scott found out that Donnie was also assaulting the same victim that Scott was allegedly assaulting. And... Scott wanted this victim all to himself. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's selfish. He's right. turning in this person so he can have this victim all to himself. Chessie does not believe this one bit. And honestly, neither do I. Like, you can't arrest a man based on that one body language thing. Like, right, yeah. I just, whatever. That's not physical evidence. Right. It's a bit fuckered up. Yeah. So, in uh, Monster in the Shadows, Chessie says, Ow. She says she, she probably does, but... <laughs> Chessie says that the police had Wendy Holland diagnosed by a, psycho- by a psych- psychologist. Jesus Christ. Um, she was, Wendy, was diagnosed as being a sociopath. Oh. So, the victim in Wendy's trial, who was Wendy's daughter, said that, quote, the only time my mother touched me was to lead me to the monster in the shadows. Which is just 
absolutely heartbreaking. Fuck. Whew. Wendy was convicted in both Baldwin and Mobile counties. Thank God. Um, she was convicted of rape of a child under the age of 12. First degree sodomy, sexual torture, and sex abuse. Second degree sodomy, endangering the welfare of a child. She was sentenced to 219 years. Dang! Which is the largest sentence given to any woman in the state of Alabama. Dang! Fuck that bitch. Exactly. She got what she deserved. Here are some of the sentences handed down to four of the 11 people who were arrested in conjunction with this sex ring. Mm Mm-hmm. So these four are obviously still serving time. Um, the remainder have been released since their arrest. Or maybe some of them got murdered in prison because, you know. Pedophiles don't do well in prison. Not in that hierarchy. They just don't. Mm-hmm. So Mendy Kent was sentenced to 40 years in prison. Dustin Kent, her husband, was sentenced to 17 years, which feels wrong. Um... William Brownlee was given 20 years and he was one of the family friends. And I just realized that I put four when there are only three listed. So I can count. I think I included Wendy in there, but I already had Wendy up there. So anyways, yeah. Okay, we're coming to the end. So there is a theory that Wendy and Mendy killed Brittany and Donnie. And that there was a police officer involved. And uh, through my eyes, the police officer being involved makes sense with the Mobile Police Department being less involved in the search for Brittany. Um, because I wouldn't put it past any police department to cover for one of their own. True. Unfortunately, it's happened before. And I'm sure it'll continue happening. For sure. Um, This would also make sense as to why they arrested Chessie after stating that the MPD is no longer helping search for Brittany. Uh, Chessie has stated that she truly believes her daughter is buried under a slab of concrete that was freshly poured soon after Brittany's disappearance. And that's um, that concrete slab was poured outside of the house in Sticks River where Donnie Holland was staying, Mm. where Brittany had gone that night. They have been trying to get permission to dig up that concrete slab since 2012, but to no avail. Uh, The woman who owned that property has since sold it, and they couldn't get the previous owner to allow them to dig it up, and they can't get the new owner to either. So they did get permission to use ground-penetrating radar to see if they could find a large mass that would be consistent with the body. Um, These results took five weeks to come in, and the results, quote, concluded that the findings predated the disappearance of Brittany and that no further action was required. So nothing. Brittany Wood has never been found. She was last seen on May 30th, 2012. She was 19 years old, had dirty blonde slash brown hair. She was five foot three and 105 pounds. If you have any information regarding Brittany's whereabouts, you can contact the family on missingbrittany.com. And Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-T 
N-E-Y. Um, there's also a Twitter page and a Facebook page and probably an Instagram page called Missing Brittany Wood. Um, the handle is just at Missing Brittany. You can also call the Mobile Police Department at 251-208-7211. Um, I'll put all of the following, all of that and all of the following information in the show notes for you if you have any information. Um, I also want to provide some resources for anyone who might be enduring this type of sexual assault and exploitation. Um, If you or someone you know is a victim of sexual assault, you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. And if you or someone you know is a victim of sex trafficking you can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. Again, I'll include all of these numbers and links and everything in the show notes. So that's the case of the disappearance of Brittany Wood. And I'm sorry that I just brought us down a whole lot. Dang. Yeah. I, um, I don't necessarily have opinions on like i don't know what happened to britney right i don't believe that chessie had anything to do with this sex ring i really don't Mm -hmm. um and i don't honestly believe that scott did i mean scott had okay well i would say scott had daughters of his own but so did fucking everyone else in this fucked up bullshit right but he was like a military man he was always so like you know on the straight and narrow like I don't know. I just don't think no, he had right. anything to do with it either. Mm-hmm. I don't think Donnie Holland died by suicide. Right. Yeah. That's kind of sus. I think the trajectory of the bullet and just, I just don't think it was a suicide at all. Right. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to speak on, you know, if I think Brittany is alive or dead because I think her family no longer thinks she's with us unfortunately but i i don't i wouldn't put it past mendy and wendy to you know do that theory that i mentioned about killing donnie and Brittany. Mm-hmm. but like why did they leave donnie's body to be found but not Brittany's? and why did they use Brittany's gun like were they trying to make it seem like um Donnie had tried to make a move on Brittany and Brittany shot him in defense, but it was like basically a point blank shot. So, you know what I mean? I don't, it's right. just so. I mean, there was no, there was no evidence that she just disappeared, right? Just yeah, basically out of th- thin air. Yeah. I mean, this might be like my conspiracy brain side and I'm sorry, but like. You don't have to put this in either. Like, I'm just, like, telling you. <laughs> You're good. Um, like, what if she's alive? And, like, what if she's the one that killed him? And she just dipped. Because, like, if you really think about it, if that was me in that situation, that's how I would want to do it. Right. I wouldn't want to let that family know that I was still even a thing. Because, like, if they know, then they could still get to me. But if I just book it, then... Sure. I mean, like, I... That's just me also trying to look at the plus side like you know right maybe she is still out there i just um 
I think that if that were the case, I think she would eventually come back for her daughter. Right. Um, And especially after everyone's in prison, you know what I mean? And I feel like Chessie would know. Like, I don't know. Right. I, fingers crossed that that's what happened. And one of these days she turns up Mm -hmm. because Peyton deserves to have her mom. Right. Chessie doesn't deserve to have her daughter gone. You know what I mean? Like. Right. I just, God, this is just tough. Mm -hmm. Just a tough one. But I sincerely hope that we find Brittany, you know, one way or another. And again, if you know anything, if you have any information at all, any little thing can help. Yeah. Don't hesitate to call or contact the family if you're like, oh, well, the police department. Just contact the family then. I'm real sorry to all of the victims of this bullshit family sex ring it's just so sick just so sick all right i hope i didn't ruin anyone's day (laughs) anyways all right we'll see you guys next week Bye. bye forever thank you for listening to mysterious ish all episodes are available on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts or your favorite podcast directory follow us on social media at mysterious ish pod If you have topic suggestions, questions, or stories to share, you can email us at mysteriousishpod at gmail.com or visit our website at mysteriousishpod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.